Thank you, Jesus, for that miracle that you've given us. Not just the miracles that we're believing for, but the miracle of salvation, the miracle of eternal life. And Lord, as we come together, we know that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, that your spirit is here. And Lord, let that be the anthem of our heart, that your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray, God, that your spirit will continue to minister to us even as we get into the word today. I pray, God, that you would uh, renew our hearts, to renew our minds and set us, uh, set us apart, Father, as you're going to do this deep work in us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're in the middle of a series on prayer we're calling it when we pray and uh what what i've what i've been doing is i've been literally looking at the bible looking into the word and looking at different scriptures that talk about prayer and last week i shared about some of my own personal journey how god took me on a journey last week we called the message a spirit of prayer and and what i want to do now is i want to give us a bit of a breakdown a bit of a breakdown on what it is to pray. I literally, I mean, I'm, over the next few weeks, we're going to have literal, this is what you do when you're about to pray. Do this and do this and do this. And so, uh, in, a, in a way, the title of our message is going to give you the key. It's literally going to be the, the message in itself is going to be the message in itself, if that makes sense. And the title of our message is Praise is the Password. Praise is the Password. I don't know if you got what I said. Literally, when you're struggling to pray, just start praising. That's what I'm saying. When you feel like, ah, Pastor, I don't know how, how to pray. I don't know where to start. Just literally start by, thank you, God. Jesus, you're good. Because literally praise is the password. We learned last week on our own human perspective of prayer. A lot of times we struggle to pray because we feel far from God. We feel we're not worthy. We feel we're not good enough. We feel distant. A lot of times people struggle to pray because they, in fact, if you, if, even when I look at my own life, it's like, oh man, I've not been praying. I've not been praying enough. So I cannot pray. You know, we have all these thoughts in our heads. And, and the reason is because I'm, I'm going to share a little bit of an example that's going to help you. Let's say there's someone you hurt or there's someone you offended. Now, you would never do that on purpose. I would never do that on purpose. We'd never hurt or offend anybody on purpose, would we? No, no way. But let's say, hypothetically, someone gets hurt, someone gets, someone gets offended, someone's not happy with you for whatever reason, and you run into them. You're the, you're the mall, you're the shopping center, you run into them, or you, know, you see them at a gathering, you run into them. And let's say you sort of want to patch things up. One of the first things humanly we do is we try to compliment them, don't we? We say something like, hey man, so good to see you. You're looking good. Or like, hey, how, how are you doing? How's that? How's that going? How's that? You know, how's that new job? I heard you got a new job. Congratulations. Like we congratulate them 15 times in the first 15 seconds. Or like, maybe you're like, man, that shirt looks good on you. Have you been, wait a minute. Have you been working out? You've been working out. Oh, it's all those protein bars. Come on. You know, and you, you just start complimenting them. You know what I'm saying? Which gym do you go to? Oh man, I wish I was as disciplined as you. Man, I need to work out. Can you give me some tips? Here's my phone number. Can we, can you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like we sort of do, we, you know, what I'm trying to say, we, we compliment people to try and make them feel good. And that sort of eases them down. And, you know, they're like, oh man, you know that, that thing that happened between us? You know what? It's okay. We're going to be fine. And, you know, we sort of patch things up that way, don't we? So in our human relationships, a lot of times compliments can be uh, double fall. Compliments can be, can be considered as 
there are hidden motives. You know, when you compliment a person, you're either trying to get favor with them. You, you're going to compliment a person, you're trying to get them to not focus on the thing that they want to focus on. When you compliment a person, you're trying to like impress them. In some, you know, sometimes we say you're just trying to butter me up, you know. And so we have that same understanding sometimes when it comes to God. When it comes to God, it's a bit different. When it comes to God, I want to give you permission to compliment Him compliment the guy and that's what praise is praise is nothing but complimenting god here's why we can talk up god here's why we can talk up to god here's why we can look up to god because even when you compliment even when you talk him up he's better than the talk up that we're doing he's better than the compliments that he we give him we cannot even magnify him enough because he's already great and magnanimous and he's mighty and we think that when we talk uh to god that way God stops trusting us. No, God knows the condition of our heart. God knows the sin that's in our heart. God knows the guilt and the condemnation we carry. And can I say to you, I give you full permission to not feel guilty, to not feel condemned, but to approach, the Bible says, to approach the throne with boldness. That boldness is given to us, not because of our works, not because of how good we are. That boldness is given to us because of the goodness of God, because of the goodness of Jesus. And I find that when we praise God, something begins to happen. In fact, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught His disciples, it says, Our Father who art in heaven, or rather who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I mean, that word hallowed, it's not saying hello. He's not saying hello to you, uh, you know, to the big boss. Hallowed means praise to your name. Literally, before talking about sin, before talking about repentance, before talking about how bad life is, before asking for anything, the first words, the first words in the Lord's Prayer is hallowed, which is praise your name. I want to encourage you, even as you're watching and listening to this message, just start praising God. I'm telling you, it changes the atmosphere. So now that I've sort of built a premise on praise, I want to share with you three thoughts on praise. Here's the first one. Praise changes my words. Praise changes my words. You do not need to be a Christian to know that our words are powerful. We know it. Psychologists, neuroscientists, they tell us that constantly that our words play massive significance in our environment, in our relationships, and also to our own human body. They say that the brain can shift in the words that we say. I mean, we can shape, rewire our brain. But here's the thing. Psychologists have been saying that only for the last 15, maybe 20 years. But the Word of God has been saying that for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the Bible is true. And the Bible says uh, the life and death are at the edge of your mouth. In other words, your words can create life. Your words can create death. And I preached a series a while back on the power of words. And I had a lot of people tell me that that was a powerful message that spoke to them and it just sort of deeply impacted them and all sorts of things. But maybe you're the kind of person you're like, I believe that, I receive that, I understand it, but I'm just, I'm just a negative person. Oh, oh, oh actually, you know what? Maybe, maybe you're, you're like, I'm not negative, I'm just truthful. Everybody else says whatever, you know, but I'm just truthful. I call a spade a spade. I call the facts as it is. And maybe you're that person, maybe, maybe you're a person with the, 
Oh, you know the person. Maybe you're not that person. Maybe you know a person with a nasal twang. You know what I'm talking about? Do you know the nasal twang? You know the people that don't use their mouth but they use their nose? Like, you know, I went to the cafe the other day and, and I, I don't know why I'm having that sort of an accent. But anyways, you know, it's not like, you know, I went to the cafe and I ordered a soy latte. Number one, why are you ordering soy latte? Doesn't go together. Anyways, you know, and you're just complaining. Why are they made me stand alive? You know, that whole nasal, let's say you're that kind of a person or you know someone like that. Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm literally telling you, don't even change that. But literally just start praising God. Your life may be horrible. Your life may be a mess. Your relationship might not be great. You're not happy in your marriage. You're not happy with your finances. But you know what is what is what I can guarantee to you? God is still good. God is still faithful. God is still loving. So in the midst of my negativity, in the midst of my, in the midst of my sorrow, in the midst of how horrible I feel, I can still say, God, you're good. Like I feel horrible, but God, you're good. I feel terrible, but God, you're great. I feel bad, but God, you're good. You know, I, I, feel, I feel anxious, but God, you have a plan and a purpose because God, my friend, is consistently good. The Bible says, even when we are faithless, He is faithful and can i just encourage you be a person even in the midst of your pain even in the midst of your attitudes our attitudes let's be people that are just able to praise god because the very act of praise releases the power of god into the set of circumstances and enables god to change those circumstances very often It's our attitudes that hinder the solution of the problem that we are confronted with. And when we praise God, it changes our perspective. And you know what praise does? Praise will eventually change our vocabulary. There's only so long that you can praise God and speak negatively. As you begin to build a habit of praise, and when I say praise, I'm not just talking about singing praise and worship songs. I'm literally talking about a habit of praising God. God, I thank you for that. doesn't make sense, but I thank you for this and I thank you for that. And when you start doing that, it's only so long you can speak negative and praise at the same time. A lot of times we struggle. Now I'm going to talk about why we struggle to praise God. I've sort of established that in, from a relational point of view, but I want to talk it from a heart level. A lot of times we struggle to praise God because we praise God based on our self-worth. I mean, a lot of what I share is basically studying how I operate. And I find that I, it's easier for me to praise God when I've woken up early in the morning. I've had my daily devotions. On top of that, I've prayed a few minutes in the spirit. I've sung out a few songs. I've, I've, I've done the laundry. I've taken the kids out. I've done the school runs. Like, oh man, I'm a, good, I'm a good dad. I'm a good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I'm proud of me. It's who I am. It's who, you know what I'm saying? I'm having all these moments in my mind. And, and, and that's, I feel good. I'm like, I'm just such a good guy. I'm a good husband. I'm a good pastor. God, I praise you. Oh God, only by, you know, I I find that with me that, that when I feel good, it's easy to praise. And I've come to realize that a lot of times my praise is directly proportional to my self-worth. But I need you to remember that your praise should not be directly proportional to your self-worth because God is still worthy outside of our worth. God is worthy beyond my worth. The Bible says He is worthy and all our praise does is remind us of His worth. Not my worth, 
but his worth. And so a lot of times I've got to remove my performance, remove my behaviors, remove how good I feel, how bad I feel, and just praise God because he is still worthy. And here's the thing, when I'm reminded of his worth, my worth gets a raise. And when my worth gets a raise, it affects my words. When we begin to literally open our mouth and start saying, praise you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. It literally changes the atmosphere. Here's my second thought on praise. Praise attracts the presence. Psalm 22 verse 3. This is the poster child scripture back in the early 2000s when it came to praise and worship. Psalm 22 verse 3. It says, God inhabits the praises of his people. If you don't know how to get people to start praising in a worship service, just say these scriptures. God inhabits the praises of his people. This psalm is literally telling us that when we begin to praise God, it's not that God just visits. It's not just that we have a little bit of God here and there. It's not just that we have a little bit of a goosebump. This psalm is saying that when we begin to praise God, God doesn't visit, but he makes that atmosphere his home. He inhabits, he changes his address. He says, I'm living in that house. I'm living in that house of praise. I'm living in that heart of praise. I'm living amongst that people group of praise. God inhabits in the praises of his people. When people begin to praise God, God doesn't just pay a visit. He changes his address. He's attracted to praise. He's drawn to praise. He says, I like that child. I like the way she praises me. I like the attitude because I know the hell that she's going through, but still she chooses to praise me. And you know what is amazing? Jesus is the perfect embodiment of this. And I want to give you a tip when we look at the life of Jesus that a lot of times Jesus praised when it didn't make sense. I wish I had time to go through Almost every miracle in the Bible, where before the miracle of heaven, Jesus would do something that would signify praise, something that would show some kind of praise. And I want to share one story in the Bible. And the story that I want to point to is where Jesus is speaking to, as the Bible says, 5,000 men. Historians, scholars say maybe 15,000, 20,000 people in total. And what happens is Jesus goes over time. He preaches from morning to night. And the people start getting hungry. And I want to read now from Matthew 14, verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowd away so they, so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And the disciples' response is, We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Verse 18, Jesus says, bring them here to me. Taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the bread. Then he gave them to the disciples. Now, when we watch the movie, we've seen, you know, I feel like this series, every message I'm talking about, some picture of the Jesus, some scene from the Jesus movie. When we watch the movie, it's sort of like Jesus gets the bread, lifts it up and gives it away. Like, like imagine us in that situation. We've got close to 20,000 people to feed you got five pieces of bread. What are we going to do? Like, we're going to go like, God, you put me in this situation. God, it was your idea for me to do this. God, I, I never even wanted to, you know, I never even wanted to be a preacher. I always wanted to sell t-shirts. God, you know, you know, you, 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 this was your idea. Ministry was your idea. You know, God, what am I even doing here out in a remote place? We do that, don't we? A lot of times. But I want you to notice what Jesus says. Let's, let's just look up at verse 18 again. It says, taking the five loaves and two fish, 
looking up to heaven. That looks good. But it says, he gave thanks. In other words, all he did was he praised. He said, God, I've got 20,000 people to feed, but I praise you for this situation. I praise you for this problem. I praise you for the circumstances because God, you never fail me. You never let me down. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I praise you. And here's what I'm trying to say. When you're stuck, your problem needs to have a collision with God's presence. Your problem needs to have a collision with God's presence. And the bridge is praise. The bridge where your problem and God's presence collide is praise. So here's what I'm really trying to get to. Praise when it makes sense. Praise when it doesn't make sense. Praise when you feel like it. Praise when you don't feel like it. Praise when you're in the middle of pain. Praise when you don't have any pain. Praise when you need to praise. Praise when you don't need to praise. In fact, I just want to quickly share, especially if you're a parent or if you've ever been around kids or ever needed to take care of kids, not just one, but maybe three or four kids. You know, let's say someone's gone out and they're like, hey, can you take care of my kids? And someone else dropped their kids and, you're, and, and you, you've ended up with five kids or, or four kids. Imagine the kids are all going crazy. One's, one's having snot coming out of their ears. The other's got, got chewing gum on their, on their, got into their hair. The other one's biting the other kid's nails off. I mean, this is going crazy. It's, it's going, you know, it's, you know, once you've got your laptop, one's pressing all the keys on your laptop and all these kids are going crazy. And then there's this one kid, just really good. You know, they're just like, oh, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for being here. It's, the house is chaotic. But there's that one kid who's just so nice, so polite, thanking you for everything, thanking you for this. What are you going to do? You're going to reward that kid, aren't you? That's exactly how I feel sometimes God, God is. He's got 7 billion people crying and whining and complaining, doing the nasal twang. And in the middle of that, there's one child saying, God, you're so good. God, you're amazing. God, and God's like, I'm going to bless that. And that's the, literally, you know, the nature of God where he's drawn to praise. It's not that he wants to just bless when he's complimented. It's just that he's attracted, he's drawn to praise. Here's my third thought on praise. Praise is faith expressed. Praise is faith expressed. Hebrews 13 verse 15, it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly profess His name. The writer in Hebrews is making this interesting correlation between praise and sacrifice. Now, how does that work? You know, especially the book of Hebrews has to do with God doing away with sacrifice. All the sacrifice has been taken because the most significant sacrifice has happened. Jesus, the lamb who was slain. So, but then in Hebrews 13, there's this interesting concept where they, they refer to praise and call it the sacrifice of praise. See, sometimes when it comes to praise, it's going to cost us because we don't feel like doing it. We won't feel like praising God. But what if the greatest expression of my faith in Jesus is my ability to praise? What if the greatest exp expression of my faith in Jesus is not just what I say or what I think or what I Facebook or what I tweet, but it's this inner drawing of my heart to, be, to, to have a heart of gratitude, to be thankful, even when I don't want to. So when I wake up and I don't feel like praising God, I'm choosing to praise. 
Right now, I don't, if you don't feeling that great, you're choosing to praise. You're feeling anxious, but you're choosing to praise. Why? Because it's a sacrifice. And you know, I want to tell you something. I don't know if you know this. In heaven, there is no more crying. There is no more dying. There's no more the stink of cancer. There's no more anxiety. There's no more pain. There's no more, uh, you know, trials and temptations. There's none of that. And so it is a lot easier to praise God in heaven. You're like, wow. There's a lot of things in heaven, but there's, there's one thing that in heaven that is not, there isn't, is problems. It's, it, there's no issues in heaven. And so on earth, if there's one act on earth that we can do that honors God, that we cannot actually do in heaven, it's the act of praise. It's the act of sacrifice. Even as I'm saying this, I feel prophetically that there are people watching me where you felt there's a, that you had a promise from God and you thought that there was a miracle coming and you, you thought that there was a healing that happened and, and now all of a sudden there's been a relapse or there's been something that's gone around and you've been sort of like, God, I wish you did this and God, I feel like you know I've gone back on my word. I feel like I've let other people down or you feel like God's let you down. I want to encourage you, my friend, right now to start praising God because that miracle is not yet over. That story is not yet over. And I want you to praise God even in the middle of your pain. In fact, even as I'm saying this, I feel the presence of God in this room. I feel the presence of God as I'm talking about praise. And I want you to start praising Him even when it doesn't make sense. Praise Him because that's what we do. Praise Him because we are people of faith. We're not following our feelings of how we, I'm going to praise God when I feel it. No, we are people of faith. And so I want to even encourage us right now, just before I'm about to pray, I want us all to stand up and I want you to start praising God. Just start opening up that mouth and just start saying, well, God, I praise you. God, I thank you. God, I'm gracious. God, you're good. God, you're merciful. God, you're my healer. God, you're my deliverer. God, you're my supplier. God, you will provide for every need. God, you will make a way where there seems to be no way. I praise you, God, for things I understand. I praise you, God, for things I don't understand. Praise Him. Come on, praise Him for that relationship. Praise Him for that marriage. You're like, no, my, my relationship's not that great. That is okay. Just praise Him. Praise Him for your finances. There's nothing in my bank account, Pastor Alwyn. That's okay. Just start praising Him because I'm telling you, when we praise, it changes the atmosphere. It changes our perspective. Come on, start telling Him, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Even when it doesn't make sense, God, you are so good. You are so good. And Lord, I pray right now that we, your people, would just stand up in faith and would rise up to the occasion that demands an expression of faith called praise. I pray, God, that we would approach our tomorrow, that we would approach our week, that we would approach our day putting on, as your word says, a garment of praise, that we would put this on and that our joy would not be robbed, that our attitudes would not be stolen, that our spirits would not be depleted. But in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, that we are a people that will lift our voice and that will give you praise. We give you all the glory in your mighty, matchless, precious name. We pray, amen, amen, and amen.